most business environments uh, tend to be very formal. People only talk about rational aspect of business. These are very important aspects, but there is also an emotional aspect in any person and any relationship. Welcome to The Compassionate Creative, the podcast that shares the stories of creative leaders who work to pave a path forward in their industries and do so with compassion, authenticity, and integrity. I'm your host, Charlene Dinger, a fellow creative who is inspired by artists and innovators that push their work forward from a place of compassion. I hope you join me on this journey. Stay curious, listen with an open heart and mind, and hopefully we will all find some inspiration along the way. Hello again, my lovely listener. Welcome back to the Compassionate Creative Podcast. Um, it is a Friday, and as uh, many of you probably know, I was in Switzerland last week. So um, if you were looking for a free flow Friday on your regular pr- platform, um, I actually did an Instagram live from Switzerland while while I was there visiting my family. And um, I actually quite enjoyed that format. So I might kind of switch back and forth for the free flow Fridays between recording and putting it out on the platforms um, and uh, doing some Instagram lives. So um, I feel like those will just sort of be intuitive and I'll just kind of do them on a whim. So um, just be sure to check out my Instagram page as well, Compassionate Creative Podcast. And uh, if you feel like you're missing out on a free flow Friday here, uh, you can check that out and it'll probably be an IG live instead. All right. Episode 36. I can't believe it. Um, Today, I have a wonderful guest, Dr. Bruno Signaco. Um, And today, uh, we are talking about the art of compassionate business. This is the title of his book. He is an international business consultant, a speaker, a lecturer, and best-selling author. And Bruno is originally from Italy, and he's based in the UK. So we We um, had a really, really great chat. And I think that this episode was really great for me just to see from a completely different perspective, a business perspective, um, thoughts and opinions around compassion. And we get into a lot. And so um, I I definitely want to dive in. But just some highlights for me. Bruno shares his background in business consultation and why he decided to focus more on the importance of interconnectedness in the work environment and then how this led to writing the book, The Art of Compassionate Business. Um, We talk a lot about, uh, you know, different workplaces and why fear and control based workplaces just don't allow for creativity, collaboration or innovation um, and why he's really encouraging more compassionate businesses and how more compassionate businesses can bring about more profitability. So um, I know that this is sort of a different perspective. You know, it's not necessarily an artist's perspective, but um, it's really, really interesting conversation. And I do highly suggest you share this with anyone that you know that sort of is in the business world, is an entrepreneur, is maybe working within a team. Um, There's a lot of uh, really informative gems in this episode. So without further ado, let's go with Bruno Signaco. 
Today, I would like to welcome Bruno Signaco to the show. Hi, Bruno. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for your invite. Thank you very much. Of course, of course. I've been looking forward to our chat because you um have a unique perspective on compassion and creativity. We're going to kind of talk a little bit more about sort of like the business side of of these aspects of, of life. So I'm really excited to chat with you about that because I think that you'll have a unique perspective on sort of the topics that I talk about on the show. So very, very excited to have you here today. Thank you very much. Yes. Thank you. Yes. So I always start the show with the same question for my guests. And that is, how have you shown yourself compassion today? Oh, good, good, good. Well, I have, I can tell you this about this very easily. I have a child two years old. And obviously, with children, you have to be very compassionate in the way that they are very demanding. For example, my child is called Angelus boy and uh, continually demanding, continually requesting things, food, taking mm-hmm. him to the park. And and I feel that I identify myself as a, when I was a child. And I feel that being a father, being a first father, uh, uh, helped me becoming uh, much more compassionate in a way that I can understand people needs in a clearer way. Mm. especially in the case of children that are uh, obviously much more whimsical, they they have urges and they want everything now. So Mm. what I did today, I took him to the park, even I was uh, very busy with some business activities. I blocked some time uh, to to take him to the park because I know that he liked to go to the park. And also I I prepared some good food for him because I know that he eats a lot. So (laughs) simple ways. Because compassion, what is the definition of compassion? Compassion is identifying with others on an emotional and a mental level, but also trying to support others when possible. So mm-hmm. compassion is about being centered on others, being focused on others, not mm-hmm. being self-centered. Most people tend to be self-centered, including in business, but mm-hmm. uh, compassion is much more to be focused on others, try to support them, try to be of assistance, and also try to understand how they feel and how they think. And this can be applied to my child, too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love that. And, you know, it's that connection, right? It's that human connection and and having that connection with your son that I just think is a really lovely way to, to give that back to yourself and to also, like, teach him, right? To teach him about kindness and compassion and generosity. I, I agree. I agree. But also, not only I am teaching him, but he's teaching me. Mm. And I think that we teach each other. As human beings, we are teaching each other. And I think that one of the most important purpose, purposes of relationship is to learn from each other. I feel that compassion can be applied to any type of environment, business environment or non-business one, because uh, you can connect to others. and You understand that we have a very common trait of human beings, that is shared humanity. Mm. We all have fears, we all have expectations, we have setbacks, we have successes, and this applies to any age, to any occupation, to any gender. So, and knowing that we share the same uh, challenges in life, help us being much more humane with others. So this is 
quite important, and this there is a lot of research on this that corroborate the fact that when you are more compassionate to others, the relationships with them tend to become much more robust and mm. obviously more meaningful. Mm -hmm. And you are more likely to develop agreements that are mutually beneficial. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's so lovely. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. So you are um, you are an author. You are a speaker. You you talk a lot about uh, the art of compassionate business, which is the name of the book. And I should share that you are also, you're based in the UK. You're originally from, from Italy, but you're based in the UK right now. And you sort of work as a consultant for businesses. And um, you talk a lot about this, this very topic, integrating compassion into business and how it can enhance businesses, um, which I just find really interesting. So, um, what what was the inspiration behind writing and creating the art of compassionate business? Okay, very good question. I started as a consultant uh, uh, advising companies uh, on business activities, for example, strategy, tactics, marketing research, and other activity negotiation, international negotiation. I was specialized in the past uh, in uh, international activities, international trade activity, international marketing. And I advised and did some consultancy for many years, traditional advisory, uh, business advisory. And I read an article a couple of years ago that was published in Harvard Business Review that was titled The Human Moment at Work. Mm -hmm. And this article talked about non-traditional aspect of business. The author observed that there should be more human uh, oriented relationship in the workplace, mm -hmm. a much more a mental and emotional bond and the importance of interconnectedness in the work environment. And I was surprised because I haven't read so much about these topics. Generally, most of the article in business are about strategy, tactics, all the, the hard stuff in business. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I started researching on this for a while, for uh, many years. And uh, this was the, the result of this research process was coronated by my new book, The Art of Compassionate Business. And what I observe according to my research, and there, there is a lot of evidence regarding this, that you can be both profitable in business, any type of business, we're talking about any type of business sector. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can be both profitable and human-oriented. And what mm -hmm. do I mean by human-oriented? This means that you can nurture relationship with different stakeholders, stakeholders, individual and groups with interest in our organization, for example, customers, suppliers, employee, community members, you can nurture this relationship with the stakeholders in a way that they become much more, uh, much stronger, much more robust, uh, much more meaningful. Mm -hmm. And you create a network of interdependence where the company can thrive and all these stakeholders can thrive at the same time. So this means that no a party is winning at the expense of others. Mm. So, so this means that we're talking about, when we're talking about compassion, where we're talking about the, the important aspect in business is the human being. It's not profit. Profit comes as a natural result of nurturing this relationship with the stakeholders. And there is a very obvious principle that many organizations uh, forget 
or, or pretend to forget. Mm-hmm. You cannot do business without the support of these stakeholders. You cannot do business without mm-hmm. employees. You cannot do business without customer. You cannot do business without supplier or without the community members. Right. So you need them. In order to have their support, it's important to nurture this relationship with these, these stakeholders so that when, when you nurture this relationship, the company is more prone to achieve what we call key performance indicator. In a simple way, this key performance indicator are profitability, getting profit, productivity, efficiency, and so on. Mm-hmm. Instead, when you focus only on profit, this means when you focus only on the economic aspect of business, you tend to dismiss this relationship. Mm. And as a result of this, the, the business activity tend to dwindle. So the, the, the economic result tend to be not so good. So mm-hmm. all business and all type of human activity is uh, based on relationship. The mm-hmm. relationship are the building brick of any human endeavor and any business endeavor. So mm-hmm. without the relationship, business activity cannot progress. Instead, when you focus on the relationship first, these economic results are achieved naturally. So mm-hmm. it's counterintuitive, but you say, we don't focus on the economic result. We focus on relationship because the relationships are the ones that make us obtain these economic results. Right. These economic results are always a result of an interdependence of this company with other stakeholders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot in that. There's there's so much in that. You know, what I hear a lot of is is um, you know, nurturing those relationships and and um finding those those moments of of like collaboration, right? And 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 having that that again going back to that human connection and understanding that regardless of sort of where you land within the business, like you are an integral part. Everybody is an integral part of that system in order to make it work successfully, right? And in order to make it work in an in a type of environment that people want to come to as an employee or, you know, like you said, like the stakeholders, the, 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 uh, the customers, people that are part of that community, community want to be part of, of that business. And, and, you know, that's only in turn going to make it more successful. Right. Yes. And also I want to add to this, that a a very simple tip for anyone listening to this uh, podcast is some people ask me, how can you nurture in a, on a practical level this relationship with the stakeholders, with mm-hmm. customer, with supply, with employees? There is a very simple way to nurture this relationship. We have to understand that the relationships that are long-term oriented are the ones that have the needs of both parties met. This means mm-hmm. that you have two or more parties, every single party have their needs met. Mm-hmm. And when we're talking about needs, we're talking about a, a very wide range of needs. Let's talk about, for example, an employee, a company mm-hmm. that is employing a person. This employee has economic needs. They need a salary to survive, to have a very good livelihood. Well, these are economic needs. Mm-hmm. Some companies only try to meet the economic needs of this employee, but this right. is not enough because this employee has also emotional needs. Mm-hmm. What are these emotional needs in the workplace? The employee want to feel recognized. They want to feel acknowledged. Mm. They want to feel appreciated. They are mm. working hard for this company. Paying a good salary is not enough. Yes. A company can satisfy these emotional needs by writing down, for example, a thank you note, handwritten mm. and hand signed. 
or showing this employee appreciation, for example, with an event when mm -hmm. this employee is recognized publicly. Mm -hmm. Because if you only focus on the economic needs that are only a very tiny part of this employee's needs, this employee might look for another company that might pay the same salary, but might meet their emotional needs. So there are many types of needs that should be met. Mm -hmm. Economic, emotional, mental, social, spiritual, And what I see in this is that only companies try to focus on the economic aspect of needs. Mm -hmm. And there are some needs that are unmet, and this creates a lot of uh, disagreements. And also mm. uh, people want to switch from this type of company to another company. Right. So the very simple way to nurture relationship is first of recognizing other parties' needs, mm -hmm. and then try to meet these needs in the best way possible, looking for win-win agreements. This means agreements mm. where the needs of both parties are duly met. That's a really great reminder, I think, as you said, for any any type of business, right? Like, you know, this, this podcast is obviously, um, you know, about, about, creatives. And, um, for me, it's like my business is, is myself, right? Like yeah, my, yeah. my business is sort of like my brand, what, what I do, um, within my own creative world. And I think it's so important to remember that any of those sort of interactions, any of those relationships that I'm creating. And, and I love that you said these long-term, right? Like if you want to have those long-term supporters or long-term relationships, regardless of what, what you're doing, you know, really being able to have that emotional connection, I think is, is so, so important because otherwise it's, it's like, you know, we may as well all be robots just kind of like moving through this world, right? There's, there's so many aspects of, of that human connection that we need to be able to tap into. I think again, in order to create those positive work environments that people want to keep coming back to. Yes, and I want to add to your comment is that a famous thinker in the past observed, no man is an island. And I want to paraphrase the thinker, no human being is an island and no business is an island. Mm. So what do I mean here? That business always rely on different partner or stakeholder. Mm -hmm. We call supplier, we call customer, we call employee, community members, uh, intermediaries. So this means that there is interdependence. Interdependence is the most important principle in business. And interdependence means that you cannot rely on your own. You mm -hmm. cannot succeed on your own. You need to succeed the support of, of others. Mm -hmm. So if you don't recognize this and to succeed, you need the support from others, to uh, of others, mm -hmm. the, the support of others. So if you don't recognize this, you cannot focus on nurturing this relationship. Mm -hmm. So it's important to remember the concept of interdependence. This was mentioned by Stephen Covey a long time ago, and it's also taken by some new approaches in business like emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. Emotional intelligence is also a very important principle in business too. We have to nurture this relationship. We have to acknowledge other people's emotions. And yes. this applies to business because in business, most business environment, Uh, tend to be very formal. 
Right. People only talk about rational aspect of business. So, for mm. example, how to calculate profit, how to set objectives, and so on. These are very important aspects, but there is also an emotional aspect mm -hmm. in any person and any relationship. Is this person satisfied with this type of uh, transaction? Is this person uh, at ease in this work environment? The emotional aspect should be acknowledged and also should be identified and expressed in a wise way. This is mm -hmm. the concept of emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. Again, a lot to digest there. That's really, really wonderful. And I think it's it's a great thing to think about. And something that kind of like popped into my head as you were sharing that was, you know, I'm I, I kind of think of, for example, like a, a a set, whether it's like a movie set or like a music video, because that's sort of what my, you know, world is and a lot of um the people that I know we're sort of in that creative space and, you know, it kind of makes me think like, okay, if you have your director, for example, and um, they're just kind of focused on like getting that job done, you know, whether, like getting, getting that shot and, you know, there's nothing else that they're kind of thinking about. It's like, there's so many other people that are involved in that. And if one person, whether it's the director, the producer, the, you know, the choreographer, the makeup artist, if like that one person is just solely kind of thinking about their job and thinking about what they need to get done and not really kind of considering what's happening around them, you know, it can very easily fall apart. So again, I think it's really trying to kind of understand that there's, there's, um, there's a human being doing that job, right. And to understand that there's, there's a lot to kind of, um, be able to connect with and to be able to be understanding and and compassionate and bringing that into whatever environment you're stepping into is really, really important. I agree. I agree with you. And also, I want to add to this comment, mm -hmm. uh, the importance of qualitative aspect of business. What do I mean by qualitative aspect of business? In business, generally, companies are focused on quantitative aspect of business mm. or quantitative aspect of business. This means what can be measured, what can be counted, such as profit, market share, sales. All this can be measured, and this is connected to the economic result. These aspects are very important, quantitative mm -hmm. aspect of business, but also you have qualitative aspect of business. These are aspects that cannot be measured, that cannot be counted, such as loyalty, commitment, mm -hmm. empathy, support, camaraderie, and uh, these are as important as the quantity that's about business. Why? Because these are connected to the relational aspect of business. This means building relation, nurturing this relationship. Yes. And there is a very famous saying that observe, not everything that counts can be counted, and not everything that can be counted counts. Mm -hmm. And this applies to business, which means that in some cases, aspects that cannot be measured, such as companionship, camaraderie, commitment, loyalty are as important or more than profitability, productivity, efficiency. Why? Because they're the basis of any robust relationship in business. Right. Right. And, you know, sort of talking about that, that like that profitability, that, um, that sort of the, the, the quality of the work, like, what are what are some of the hindrances like when you step into into a workplace or when you are sort of looking into a business? What are some of the hindrances that happen when when businesses are solely like only focused on the profitability? 
um, and not necessarily, question. you know, the the relationships and creating those 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 human connections. Very important. What I see in companies that are solely focused on the bottom line profit, the most important characteristic of these workplaces, in most cases, are fear and control. So mm. you see fear-based workplaces and you have control-based workplaces. This means that people working at those places, they are not at ease. They mm. feel un- unsafe. They feel insecure. They feel mm-hmm. that they are not, they cannot be themselves. They cannot express their ideas. Why? Because mm. if not, they will be punished like a, a, like a father a, or a mother punishing a little naughty child. And right. this doesn't work at all because when you are, experiencing fear for a long time, you tend to experience other uh, aspects of this fear-based state that are stress, anxiety. And when you are stressed or anxious, you cannot be creative. You Mm -hmm. cannot be productive. Why? Because when you're fearful, your brain tends to shut down. You tend to focus only on the threatening factor. This could Mm -hmm. be, for example, you are doing things in a much more careful way in order not to be fired, for example, in the workplace. So the idea is that these work environments are very detrimental Mm. because they they tend to become less productive, they tend to become less creative, less Mm -hmm. innovative. On the contrary, when the work environment is compassionate, this means when people can trust each other, when Mm -hmm. there is a lot of commitment, when people work in groups, uh, in teams, when people uh, they're, they're trying not to compete with one another, but try to cooperate with one another, these work environments, according to research, bring about many positive results. For example, they bring about more employee satisfaction, more customer satisfaction, lower employee absenteeism, mm. lower stress level, lower turnover, and all these indicators impact positively on the bottom line. This means that companies that have more compassion and workplaces tend to bring about higher profit. Why? Because people uh, are in a state what we call psychological safety. They feel Mm. safe. They feel at ease. They Mm -hmm. feel that they can give their best. They feel that they won't be judged or uh, penalized. And so in practice, this is a much more meaningful and much more innovative workplace. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All of that makes total sense. And, you know, like you said before, can be applied to any kind of business, any type of business, you know. So I really, really appreciate you sharing that and 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 sharing your knowledge on that because I think it's it's a great reminder, right? To you know, I always think to even if it's a very high stress environment, like I I go back to uh, because I come from a dance background, right? So I go back to like you know putting together a live show or you know creating a, a commercial or a music video, like all of these things are very high stress environments. But I think that there's still a way to integrate that that compassion into it so that you know everyone is going to be motivated to get the job done regardless of how stressful it can be for everybody that doesn't necessarily mean that it needs to be detrimental to or you know you, that doesn't necessarily mean that like people have to be fearful of what it is that they're doing because then it just really takes the magic out of things it takes like you said the innovation and the creativity sort of out of it and you know that's that's just a huge shame especially when you're working collaboratively i agree i agree and some especially say that the bit of stress is good mm-hmm. what happened that according to research 
you cannot control how much stress you will experience because this vary from person to person. What can be literally stressful for, for one person could be very stressful for another person. Right. It's very subjective experience. So it's like alcohol. If some will say, oh, I can drink a little bit mm -hmm. and it's okay to me. Then, well, again, how you perceive reality vary from person to person. So in my opinion, it's difficult to measure what is the right level of stress. Mm. And the research also corroborates this fact that it's difficult to measure when you can be too stressful or when you can be little stressful. So for the reason, uh, the best approach is to, if possible, avoid as much as possible stress and try to nurture relationships, support mm. each other, and also allow, if you are in a creative environment, allow mistakes to come up in the safe, safest way possible, because in some cases from mistakes come very innovative ideas, mm. come uh, much more interesting feedback and much more uh, interesting readjustment of the project. So I feel that it's important to for people to feel at ease because when yes. people feel safe, they can give their best. They can connect to their core competencies, the core capability. Instead, when people feel stressed, they tend mm -hmm. to shut down. They tend mm -hmm. not to expand. They tend to be much more uh, contracted and uh, creativity tend to dwindle. Why? Because we mm -hmm. don't need creativity when we're fearful. We only mm -hmm. try to defend ourselves from the threat or perceived threat. Wonderful, wonderful. Oh, this has been so great. I really appreciate you sharing all of your your knowledge and your experience um, and a different perspective, you know, but what what comes to me, Bruno, when I'm talking to you is that um, coming from your background still, I think like, like I said, a lot of your points and a lot of your your ideas and comments can certainly be applied to these creative environments and to these creative jobs. Um, and so I really hope like I'm really connecting with everything that you're saying. So I really hope that the listeners out there um, are able to to gain something from it as well. And and certainly hope that they um, are able to check out check out your book. Um, which I will make sure that I link in the in the show notes. So I'd love to ask you uh, one more kind of bigger question, I like to call it. And then if you're up for a lightning round, Bruno, I would love to to sort of play that lightning round with you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yes why not? Okay. So, Bruno, what does being a compassionate creative mean to you? Well, uh, there is a, a very interesting combination because you have compassion and you have creativity. I will talk first about compassion and then I will talk about creativity and the synergy between both. Mm. Well, with compassion, we saw that it's about connecting to people, in my experience, uh, being sociable, being understanding. It's more than empathy because empathy is about understanding how people feel and also try to think how they are thinking also about an issue. But compassion go beyond, try to offer some support, mm. unconditional, without expecting anything re in return. So compassion is very connected to the concept of generosity. Mm. And in practice, you see that people tend to be very calculating. So they don't do things unless they have something in return that they're mm. expecting from the other. Mm -hmm. So this is the part of compassion. But then the part of creativity, creativity, I, I wrote a lot about creativity in my new book, and there are two full chapters of creativity. Creativity is about 
can come uh, from different origins. But the most ambitious, for example, a very interesting origin is when you have a, a problem that is continually harassing you or you are dissatisfied with some services or product or processes, and this can apply to any sector, mm -hmm. uh, and creative is to look uh, for non-traditional ways of doing things, mm. a much more innovative way to doing things, uh, and also try to tread a non-traditional path. Hmm. Uh, in practice, many people are fearful of treading non-traditional paths. Why? Because they have very rigid mental structures. They, they try to do things that they always did in the past. But also in some cases, they are fearful of being ridiculed by others or not being accepted socially. In business, it's very common to have what we call group think. Mm. All people think alike, and obviously you cannot dissent. You cannot offer any dissent because you will be criticized or penalized or ostracized. Right. So in practice, creative people tend to be playful. Let's mm -hmm. take an example of a child, my two years old a child. Mm -hmm. uh, this is an example. If you see any child, not only mine, uh, you will see that this is the most important example of the essence of creativity. Mm. They are playful. They're experimental, yes. they're exploratory, they, they are in some cases reckless, they mm -hmm. try to go ahead regardless of the consequences, what could mm -hmm. be obviously a bit risky, mm -hmm. but creativity also implies some risk, some taking some risk. Why? Because you will never know until you try if yes. the idea will work out or not. So creativity is important because help you uh, broaden your horizons, mm -hmm. help you see things from different perspectives. Uh, also help you ask yourself different questions. It's a way to open yourself to new questions and also frame reality in a different way. Mm -hmm. And creativity generally find ways to solve problems, any type of problem, personal problem, business problem, and relationship problem in a much more meaningful way. Right. But obviously implies, uh, in some cases, letting go of the structure, the order the security of the trading trading path but also looking for a trading new path mm. new a new alternatives trying new alternatives and i feel that compassion and creative work together why because to be creative in my experience and according to research you have to be in a state of a psychological safety you have to be at ease Try not to be stressed because if you're stressed, you on the contrary, you will tend to focus on the traditional way of doing things, right? On the safe thing. Mm -hmm. So you have to be uh, relaxed at ease, connected to others, because in many cases, creativity implies collective effort. This implies that you connect to others, you you uh, do uh, some uh, joint projects with others, mm -hmm. you develop some uh, collective activities and implies also exchanging ideas. There is a very famous uh, example of a creative activity that is called brainstorming, mm -hmm. where people discuss ideas in a very uh, easy, easy way and also without criticizing each other with, uh, in a laid-back way, uh, without uh, restricting yeah. each other's ideas. Yep. And, well, this implies also that there is a connection with others. In the workplace and in the in any type of environment, creativity implies also being open-minded and also mm. try to avoid the censoring other and censoring yourself, letting the ideas unfold. I always say that uh, creativity and creative ideas implies also a half-baked uh, 
ideas. They are mm. not fully developed and you have to give some time to experiment with them, to play with them in order that you can test them in practice. So many people that are not created tend to restrict these ideas, censor these own ideas uh, immediately and they don't allow them to unfold fully. Yes. So this is the the my view on this. Yes, I love that. I love that idea of this this half-baked idea and letting it unfold. I really, really love that analogy. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that, Bruno. Really appreciate it. Um, okay, let's let's do this lightning round. See, see where it takes us. All right. So, Bruno, favorite method of self-care. Favorite method of self-care. Uh, well, very simple, music, listening to Aww. music that I like. I like, I used to play piano when I was a child and I nice. like to listen to uh, piano, especially classical music, but classical music uh, played by uh, modern uh, composers. Uh, and uh, yes, music is a very calming experience. It's music that you like, and also a very good uh, way to sell uh, of self-care is going to the park. Here in London, you have a lot of parks. Yes. I like to be in contact with the nature. Research also corroborate the fact that when you're in contact with a natural environment, you are less subject to a multiple stimuli mm -hmm. and your mind tend to calm down. Mm. So you get more relaxed without having to sit and meditate. So I like to go to natural places. I encourage people to go more to natural places to get more disconnected. And you get a lot of creative ideas. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of research also between the connection between nature and creative ideas. And also listening to music, even when I'm working, I try to make this much more amenable. Yeah. And I try to have a nice tea, the computer, some nice music, nice. Make the, the environment much cozier. Yes, that's beautiful. I love that. Okay, next one is first thing you do to reconnect to yourself. Well, uh, well, I always reflect. I reflect on mistakes mm. and I try to get what uh, the specialists call a growth mindset. Mm. I always believe that I can always grow in any area. Uh, in the past, I wasn't this way at all. A couple of decades ago, mm. uh, I was much more structured. I thought mm. that I reached my potential. But I observe that you can always learn and mm -hmm. you can always reflect on your mistakes, on the mistake of others to avoid uh, making this mistake too. But also you can always expand your potential. The potential is not fixed and this applies to any person. Mm -hmm. And also I try to uh, adopt a beginner's mindset. Mm -hmm. This means that when I read something, even if it's a topic that I might know, I try to look for the unique angle of mm -hmm. this, uh, for example, reading, or uh, this idea, try to look this idea from different perspective, because I feel that one of the most important processes in our uh, human life is learning. So I, I always yes. willing to learn, and this is a good uh, way to evolve as an individual and uh, as a, a professional too. I love that, I love that reflection. That's beautiful, yeah. thank you. Okay, to show compassion means to? To show compassion means to focus on others instead of focusing on yourself and also try to, to extend your hand mm -hmm. when they need your help. So this is about supporting others. Mm -hmm. It's about acknowledging others as legitimate human beings with legitimate needs, but also trying to support them. It's not only uh, to recognize that they have problems and to understand their problems and to feel 
as they feel, but it's also to go beyond this. It's been trying to support them. In some cases, supporting means only listening to them yes. actively, mm-hmm. but in other cases, means also offering some advice or offering some, uh, for example, uh, uh, giving them some technical information or mm. uh, contacts that could be of help for them. Mm-hmm. That's lovely. Thank you. Okay. I feel most creative when I... I feel more most creative when I am, uh, well, it's a bit strange, but I, the places that I feel most creative is when I have in a shower, mm-hmm. and it makes a lot of sense because you are very relaxed. Totally. But, but also when you are uh, in natural places. Again, yes. natural places make you relax. I like the sea a lot. When I go to the mm. sea, most of my ideas regarding my previous books come, come from, uh, for example, sea places, so mm-hmm. places where you have sea, the natural environment, the waves. This is very important because connect you to your primal essence. So this means that you are connected to, you are beyond your problems, you are beyond your challenges, and you can connect to your creative essence. Yes, I love that. I I, I often take a walk down to, to the lake to just, yeah, get reconnected and get grounded. And and yeah, that definitely gets some some creative ideas flowing. And finally, Bruno, authenticity is? Authenticity is showing your true motives and not manipulating others. Authenticity, I always relate, I talk about authenticity in the book, and I connect to integrity. Mm-hmm. Authenticity and integrity go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Integrity and authenticity that in some cases is very absent in business mm-hmm. is about avoid manipulating others. What is an example of manipulating others when the company, for example, a company tried to sell the most expensive product to this customer because they will get the highest profit, mm-hmm. but it's not the, pro- the, the, the product that this customer desires. Right. It's a product that is completely different. In this case, the company is forcing customer to buy into this product. So this is an example of lack of authenticity, lack of integrity, Instead, relationships that are long-lasting are based on trust, mm-hmm. commitment, authenticity, and also integrity. This means that we respect each other's needs, we try to meet each other's needs on a continual basis, and we try to strengthen this relationship with a care, empathy, support, and obviously camaraderie. Beautiful. So wonderful. Thank you, Bruno, for being here with me today. I really appreciate your time and your experiences and sharing your your stories. So thank you so much for being here with me. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you for inviting me. And if the listener want to know more about these ideas, they can check the Art of Compassionate Pieces in any bookshop online and offline. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. I'll make sure that all of those are linked in the show notes so that they know where to find you. Thank you very much again. Such a great conversation. I want to thank Bruno again for being my guest today. I really gained a lot from that episode. I hope that you did too. And if you feel that there's someone in your life that could benefit from hearing um, some of Bruno's wise words, please feel free to share. I want to thank you again for being here with me, my lovely listener. Thank you so much for always showing up and allowing me into your space. I truly appreciate it. I will be back next week for another Free Flow Friday, perhaps here, perhaps on an IG Live. I'll keep you posted. In the meantime, take care.